Fifth episode. Sabia is scared. Sabia let her gaze slide over her perfect copy again. Not even the small birthmark under her left breast was missing. Before she set off back to her house, she had one clear request for Ambrosius Lemma, can you get me a coat? I don't want to look so naked and I think it's appropriate for me to cover myself. It's not about you, Ambrosius, she murmured embarrassedly. It's about Martinus and the three Chinese. Lemma understood immediately, reached into a metal cupboard and handed Sabia a freshly washed working dress. Sabia spotted her name tag on the blue collar. Lemma, that devil of a fellow, had really thought of everything. Sabia carefully put the trousers over her copy's legs, pulled them up and buttoned them, while Lemma put the tunic top on the artificial Sabia. It just looks great, he enthused, and Sabia felt the compliment directed directly at herself. She blushed. I have to go back to my house now, she said firmly. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I will definitely not be working at Elfenberg anymore today. In the meantime, someone else must have taken over my three residents. I organized it that way, said Ambrosius Lemma and held out his hand. Sabia turned away and felt her way back through the half-dark corridor to the place where she had first met Ambrosius Lemma and Martinus. She climbed up the ladder and breathed a sigh of relief when she found herself back in the familiar surroundings of her kitchen. But something was different than before. Sabia couldn't have said what. Then she suddenly realized the connection to the catacombs was a security risk for her, in the middle of the night she could be surprised by Martinus. The corridors were continuous, from Martinus Farm to the Elfenberg Nursing and Retirement Center and possibly to Father Zeno's monastery, the Rose Garden and the nunnery, which was in the immediate vicinity. Sabia was defenseless against the uncanny and still unexplained. There was no way she could spend the night here. She was torn by emotion as she sat exhausted on a tabaret and stared at the old clock in the kitchen. Her grandmother's beloved house. The underground work she never knew about. The strange Chinese. The attractive and yet elusive Ambrosius Lemma, who had paid her attention but also led her to abysses. She slowly got up and walked up the creaky stairs to her bedroom. Then she saw it, rats. Her whole house was crawling with rats, their eyes shining at her from the darkness. Where there were rats, there were spiders, which was what Sabia feared most. Surely all the harvestmen had escaped from the darkness of the cellar into her house, and they would scurry across her face in the night, just like the rats. Then Sabia screamed. She screamed loudly, uninhibitedly, desperately, and she felt not just on the edge, but right in the middle of it. Paradoxically, she now felt more at home in the catacombs, near Ambrosius Lemma in the room with Mrs. Hull's furniture, than in Sabia's house, her own home. There was no longer any livelihood here. Then she spotted a large rat crouching and contracting itself right in front of her. Then the animal started to jump and narrowly missed Sabia. After years in the dark, the animals were extremely aggressive. In a panic, Sabia rushed into her bedroom, tore open the closet, put together a few panties, socks, t-shirts, sweaters and pants, slammed the door, tore her rolling suitcase out of a gap, opened the dresser in the bathroom, took out her toiletries and threw everything randomly into her traveling vehicle. She gathered everything she could miss, forgot about hunger and thirst and wanted only one thing, to get away from here, down into the darkness, down to the vicinity of Ambrosius Lemma. At the last moment she remembered a cherished photo of her grandmother. It showed her in a floral dress at Lake Bullwill. In the picture she was around 25 years old, the same age as Sabia is now.
and she resembled this one impressively. Her hair was braided into several braids, and her button nose and alert eyes were almost identical to her granddaughter's. The full, soft mouth. The high cheekbones. The delicate complexion. She wore the green emerald necklace that Sabia had since inherited. Yes, Marion Weisberg had been a beautiful woman, had lost her beloved husband all too early and was suddenly torn from her life a few years later, she drowned under mysterious circumstances in the very same Bullweiler lake in front of which she was standing in the photo. Sabia quickly pushed the picture in her suitcase between two sweaters. Then she was interrupted from her thoughts by a shrill whistle, three rats fighting over the large piece of cheese she had bought the day before. The critters had dragged it to the first floor, into the hallway in front of Sabia's bedroom. Sabia's house was contaminated. She was almost bitten by another rat that was clinging to the banister. Sabia knew that if humans were to become extinct one day, rats were sometimes even immune to radioactive radiation. One last look in the mirror and, let's get out of here. She grabbed her coat, shook it out to make sure there were no baby rats in the pockets, slipped on her boots, and breathlessly entered the basement. She let the rolling suitcase whiz down the ladder. It contained nothing fragile. The framed photo of her grandmother was well protected between two pieces of clothing. Then, for the second time that day, she climbed the ladder and descended into the depths. As soon as she was surrounded by the semi-darkness of the catacombs, she felt safe again. She would hardly encounter rats down here anymore. They were now exploring Sabia's house. She had good, precise orientation and pulled open the door behind which she had been scanned. Ambrosius Lemma sat intently behind complex-looking plans and barely looked up when he saw Sabia. Now listen to me carefully, she gasped, my house is no longer livable. It took her quite a while to get his attention because his mind was far away. Very far away, the upcoming meeting in the evening with Father Zeno was very much on his mind. By now he had actually developed feelings for Sabia, but not just for her, but also for her image. Under no circumstances was he prepared to leave the avatar Sabir to Father Zeno's soul experiments. The thought that he would strap Sabir's lifeless body onto his transfer machine and take her up to the monastery tower using the existing chain lift made his blood run cold in his veins. Sabir as a robot with the characteristics of a nurse. Why not? But that she should be animated by lightning. Ambrosius Lemma shied away from this idea. Then he made Sabir an offer. One of the corridors leads directly to my apartment, he said. I'm at an important meeting this evening. So you have the apartment to yourself and can stay overnight with me. After that we'll see. Several thoughts flashed through Sabia's mind at once. On the one hand, she was happy about the spontaneous offer. She needed a place to sleep. She was also happy that she had the apartment to herself and could collect and organize her thoughts. But could she simply surrender herself to this doctor, even though he fascinated her. Then she remembered how discreet Ambrosius Lemma had been during the scan. He had undoubtedly respected her womanhood and suppressed the excitement he felt when he looked at her naked body. Could she really trust him? In addition, every alternative to their rat house had to be examined. I'll go with you, she said firmly, and the two of them soon entered another corridor. It was decorated with colorful mosaic tiles and was very attractive to Sabia. She felt like she was in one of the fairy tales her grandmother had told her, and maybe she really was a princess now. Here it is, said Ambrosius Lemma, pressing the heavy golden handle of a door. Sabia immediately knew that the man standing next to her was anything but an ordinary doctor. 
He was obviously extremely wealthy, because the expanse of a very elegant loft opened up before her. Although underground, the living space was by no means dark, and the solid cherry wood floors added to the homely atmosphere. Where does the light come from? asked Sabir, surprised. From Lake Bulwill, he said mysteriously. Just look around and feel at home. I still have to change and eat something. Then it's time for the meeting with Father Zeno. Without another word he disappeared behind a door that probably led to a bathroom. Sabia couldn't help but be amazed. She woke up at 5.30 that morning in anticipation of another strenuous day at work at the Elfenberg Nursing and Retirement Center. She had enjoyed her breakfast. Annoyed by her static-charged hair while getting dressed. Then the rumbling in the basement. The discovery that the floor had collapsed. The threatening encounter with Martinus. The shock of the supposedly dead Mrs. Hull. The busy Chinese. Ambrosia's closeness that gave her goosebumps. The drops of sweat under her arms. The initiation into the plans of Ambrosius Lemma and Father Zeno. The experience on the examination table while the blue light shamelessly probed every last corner of her body. Ambrosius Lemma's coolness, his attention, his explanations and descriptions of Father Zeno's monastery. The way back to her house. The rats. The shock. Escape from your own apartment. Now she was standing in Ambrosius Lemma's realm, and she felt inexplicably safe and in good hands. She heard the splash of a shower and knew what she urgently needed next, a shower. Ambrosius Lemma would definitely understand that. Then Sabia was just tired. Where would she sleep? Did the apartment have a guest room? Then Ambrosius came out of the bathroom with disheveled hair, he had a bath towel wrapped around his waist that was the same color as the expansive seating area. N.A.? Do you like it with me? He asked curiously, went to the fridge and hissed himself a beer. Do you want one too? Sabia actually wanted nothing more than a cold, fresh beer, thanked her and went to the sofa. Ambrosius Lemma sat down next to her as he was and looked at her with his deep brown eyes. I don't have much time, Sabia, he said. You'll find everything you need for dinner in the kitchen, and I've got fresh towels ready for you in the bathroom. That's my TV right there. Ambrosius pointed to a screen the size of a wall unit, and over there is the bedroom. Have a good time. You're not seriously assuming that I'll share the bed with you, she said indignantly. Some of the outrage was feigned, some was not. I have nothing else to offer you. Except perhaps this sofa. Just decide. But once you see the bedroom, you'll never want to spend the night anywhere else. Although of course it's clear that everyone stays on their side, he added with a laugh. He stood up and Sabir watched him go. What a man, she thought. Her curiosity was fully awakened, she pushed aside thoughts of the rats in her house, went to the counter, opened the gigantic refrigerator and cheekily grabbed a six-portion portion of sushi.